Thank you for coming Thank you for coming out. Welcome. My name is Dubs Weinblatt. My pronouns are they, them, theirs. And I'm so excited to be here. In 2015, I founded the queer improv show Thank You For Coming Out, or TIFCO as we call it. And it is now one of the longest running queer improv shows in New York City. During the show, our storytellers share their coming out stories, and then our improvisers bring them to life. Our podcast is a little different. We have storytellers share their stories, but instead of folks improvising, we talk about the stories. And I'm super duper pumped about our guests today um, who are going to be sharing their coming out stories. We have Vicky Martinez, she, her, hers, and Emily Tarver, she, her, hers. Hey, y'all. Hello. Hi, hello. How are you both? Great. We're doing Thank you good. For... We're great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, um, I'm so tickled that you're here. And <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, I, I would I just like dive into this. So um, we all have multiple coming out stories and experiences. Um, with affirming who we are. And so I would love to hear from each of you um, one of your stories. And I will leave it to you to pick who goes first. Go ahead. I guess I'll go first because I came out first. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Uh, I, I am 35 <laughs> years old now. Um, I came out, I think, when I was about um, probably, re- I mean, the real come out for me was 12, 13 years old um, in middle school with my friends. Um, I think I got dared to uh, make out with one of the girls on our choir, um, in our choir group. And uh, at first I remember just being like, no, you guys, that's gross, that's gross. And then the girl was like, whatever, let's just go do it. And um, she was kind of already the girl that just made out with anyone um, <laughs> at, at school. I don't want to call her like... Um, she was free. Yeah, she was free. free she was free. <laughs> um, so she wasn't too nervous about it. And then I went in, we went into the restroom and we did it and we made out. She stuck her tongue in my mouth. And it's then I romantic. fell in love. That was my first like, okay, U-Haul moment. Um, <laughs> and then uh, we kind of kept that quiet. And um, I, I remember in middle school there were a few fr- a few kids there that um, – decided to try to tease me. And I just remember going up to them just saying, I can still whip your ass in basketball. You know, like, I mean, I'm still the same person and um, get over it. And they kind of just, I, I just immediately just stood up to those folks back then. And that was kind of my first experience with um, having some, like a backlash, I guess, of just expressing how I felt. And um, because that being the first experience, I kind of went through it that way growing up, um, never really apologizing for it. And then after that, um, uh, I think it was, you know, family members of mine finding out and just saying like, duh, we know you're gay, we know you're gay. And then about 15 years old, um, I was in church and they were talking about how um, lying not only affects, you know, the people that you're doing it to, but also affects you internally. And and I, of course, was like, well, I don't want to get sick. I want to live forever. And um, so I told my parents after that um, church, uh, whatever you call it, talk, um, afterwards I looked at my little sister and I said, I'm going to tell him. And she said, no. And I just went ahead and I did it. And um, <clears throat> uh, it was kind of 
lame. I they got quiet, and then the next day I was sent to Albuquerque, New Mexico, um, with like a month left of high school, and apparently my teachers said I, you know, my grades were good enough for me to go ahead and skip a month of school, and and I was able to graduate that year, and um, they sent me away to to get away from the girl that I was liking at that age. I was in high school at that time. And um, yeah, I went away for like two, three months. And I mean, well, I, I didn't expect it to be kind of this long, but, um, or. What did you say to your parents? I thought it was so cute when you said, I like. I said, yeah, I said, um, I like a girl the way you and mom like each other. Uh, like, yeah. I, Cause <laughs> yeah. my parents, my dad, um, you know, uh, 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 what do you call it when you propose? Shit. <laughs> Damn. Um, proposed to my mom on the second date. And so, like, I remember, you know, I liked this girl. Um, and I I definitely liked her enough for, my, for me to be able to, you know, say it to my parents and see my whole life just, uh, you know, go into turmoil for, for, for a good year. And... Um, I, yeah, I said I like I like her the way you guys like each other or love each other, and they just got quiet and they said um, they gave me a good year to figure it out, and I did, and I left the home after um, a year of trying to juggle the religion and you know my parents' beliefs and yeah, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Sorry. That's no. It's good. <laughs> yeah. No. That's. It's powerful. I just don't have any jokes with it. It's too early okay. for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've got tissues in case we need to cry. Yeah, yeah. So. no, it doesn't, not everything has to be funny. Because um, this is real life. Like, this yeah. is how, you know, our experiences and they shape who we are. And mm-hmm. um, so you, so you were, you, you, with a month left of senior year, you were mm-hmm. sent to New Mexico. No, it was um, actually my sophomore year. Oh, your sophomore year. Yeah. So you were sent to New Mexico to finish high school at a different height or like that because there was a year left of school I had my grades were good enough and you know I think maybe but I would you if you were a sophomore then you had I was able to graduate my sophomore year so I had two more years left in high school okay I what to, is high school freshman what freshman <laughs> sophomore junior senior so you had two more years left yeah and you were that smart. They you didn't like, get right. to skip two years. No, no, of school. no, no. I skipped just that. That sucked. You were allowed to go to the next grade. Yes, I oh. got you now. Okay, I yeah. understand. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't okay. know. Yeah, yeah. no, I wasn't that smart. But um, yeah, so I got to have basically an extra month of summer before my junior year. Yeah, the yeah. icing on the shit cake, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So you went to New Mexico. Yeah, and then came back to back home for, for your junior year? For my junior year. I gotcha. Okay. I lied to my parents, and I didn't lie to them. I actually did give it a try. I broke up with the girl. I, junior year, you know, I had boyfriends. Mm-hmm. I, um, I had a, I was raised Jehovah's Witness, so I had a Jehovah's Witness boyfriend, and I had a boyfriend at school, and I was just, and I, and they all knew what that I was gay, and I was just like, hey, I'm just trying this out. And some of my guy friends were like, well, I'll be Jehovah's Witness with you too, and you can make out with girls and we get married, I don't care. I was <laughs> like, you're crazy. No, this is not going to work that way. But um, I gave it a good year of trying it out, and I really liked this girl. And so then senior year, right before senior year, I moved out. I got kicked out, but, you know, I, it was my choice to to be gay. So 
that got me out of the house. So senior year, I was, um, I was on my own. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Where? Where? <laughs> that, well, thanks for sharing that. That's. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's legit. <laughs> yeah, it is. It yeah. is. Um, so where did when you when you chose to affirm who you are, which mm-hmm. then meant you were kicked out of your home, um, where'd you go? I um, went and uh, lived with my girlfriend at the time um, with her parents, which was also a bad household. Her mom was going through an abusive relationship. So we were there for maybe two months. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was doing music already at the time. So I found a studio apartment that I could, you know, maybe do a couple gigs a month and pay the rent. And then of course get more gigs so that we could buy groceries and and stuff. But um, yeah, just a small little spot right by school. And Mm -hmm. uh, my mom used to um, sneak me things like my contacts because I've always been blind. So she would get me contacts and allergy medicine and she would um, leave little packages at my house or try to meet with me. I found out later that my dad had told my mom to get Vicky what she needs, mm. but he didn't want to have any contact with me for a good year. And um, my mom still, you know, would do her little things. And and then after the relationship got bad, you know, I let my... Uh, well, no, I snuck into my parents' house to use the Internet, and my dad caught me, and he just said, hey, you want to go get some soup? And I was like, um, okay, I guess that means you're sorry, and I'm sorry too. Okay, cool, we're friends now. And then the relationship got bad between me and my girlfriend, and my dad was there in an instant to move me out of the house, and he said he was sorry, and and he just told me to have a good heart and that he knew I was gay since I was born. So, Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's a nice... A nice turn of events. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm like almost about to cry. <laughs> Come on, we have a long show I know, left. I know. Um, wow, yeah, I'm trying to think. I appreciate you sharing. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. I mean, I realize I don't tell that whole story often because, you know, yeah, it can put people in like a well, shit, that sucks. But the reality is, is I've done a lot of work on my own to get over that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, my dad passed away like two years after, you know, him just kind of saying he was sorry in his way. And um, so there was a lot of forgiveness on my part that had to happen without him there. Yeah. And which in a way it was, it, it, it made it happen a lot more quickly for me. You know, I didn't have room to, to sit and be angry and wonder, you know, why he was feeling that way. And I've made up my own stories in my head, but um, I think I was able to put more energy into me just feeling okay about myself and what I went through and how that just allows me to get, share a story and, and you know, offer other people, you know, some support. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I feel like so many people have experienced very similar Mm -hmm. scenarios to you. And it's really powerful to hear other people have gone through similar experiences. And so like, even if you're not there to offer support personally to each person, just knowing that you're not alone and knowing um, that, 
you know, other people have have been there with you mm-hmm. um, is is support yeah. and comforting. Yeah. Um, even though it's not like uh, funny or heart yeah. you know, heartwarming. <laughs> I mean, it and it, it, it seems like it ended up heartwarming. Yeah. But, um, yeah. That's life. Like not everything is you know not a tidy little package. Exactly. That's most of the time. That's what it yeah. is. Though, <laughs> right. Not. Right. Like you said, that's life. And sometimes we get that thrown at us early and sometimes later. And Mm -hmm. I guess I do appreciate that I got it thrown at me early enough to know that, you know, it wasn't going to be peachy and that I kind of had to, I had to do work to, to get where, you know, I, (coughs) I feel like I've gotten. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that, you know, 12, 13 is so young and like I could never, Oh, I couldn't have, I, was, I spilled something and now I'm trying to like slickly <laughs> wipe it and then I'm not talking to the microphone. Thanks, Bobby. Um, is so young to have to, to go through something like that. Mm-hmm. And then um, it's brave and it, I think, really informs, it would really inform someone how they are, like just like resilience and being able to handle what's thrown at them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's me. Yeah, that is yeah. me. That's funny. It, I've never thought about it that way, but as my life has played out, you know, I've just kind of been thrown this and this and that, and I don't ever really look at it as, man, I'm as the victim, you know, mm-hmm. like I like, oh, I'm screwed, this, this and that. It's like always cool. I got to rest a little bit longer, you know. I got to be a little bit lazy, or I got to do that, you know. No, you just were having time to recharge, you know. Yeah, and that's okay. Definitely. I think there's such a like negative connotation or thoughts around self-care and mm-hmm. like that it's selfish or that you are <laughs> being like you're being lazy, but it's really no, like these are the things I have to do to be a human in the world yep. and like be, you know, move and like do the, do the, do the things. Yes. Yeah. We, we say. talk about that a lot, like in our career, like we have to go do these crazy things and be around a ton of people, which neither of us love. And so we'll, like, go do three events in a week, and then we're, like, okay, well, we, we're staying home for a month. Mm-hmm. Like, and we're hiding, and we feel sometimes we're, like, oh, my God, we just laid around all week. But we have to mentally, like, mm-hmm. our anxiety levels need to be recalibrated Yeah, when we have to go do weird, hard stuff. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not sustainable. And just, mm-hmm. like, you can't keep showing up for the things that you have to if you aren't recharged. Yeah. yeah. That's why I understand. I think when, cause I have some friends who are like super famous and they have like two or three assistants mm-hmm. and I'm like, I get it. If I had to do all that shit five, six, seven days a week, I would need a team of people like helping me or mm-hmm. you would just crash. Like you couldn't do it by or yourself. Or a bottle of Jameson. Yeah. You know, which isn't, which isn't good either. Yeah. I mean, it's delicious. And it <laughs> makes you feel better, but that's temporary, and then you feel like shit. Yeah. yeah. The honey. Have you ever had the, hum- the honey Jameson? Yes, I have. It's super yeah. good. I've had uh, Jack Daniels honey, I think. Oh, I think that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yes, you're talking about Jack Daniels. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't like Jack Daniels, but the honey Jack Daniels made me okay with it. Yeah, you make a good hot toddy with yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, okay, yeah. Yes, I was getting that confused. Regu- regular old Jameson's. Yummy. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you? Want to share your story, Emily? Uh, yeah. Um, so I'm, uh, 37 and I 
had been physically with girls like long before I was with guys. Um, it just was always a part of me, but I didn't know. I mean, I'm from the South. Like, you just don't know what that is. You don't know that, like, there's more than there's more than two ways to be. There's more than three, four, five ways to be. And mm-hmm. I um, wasn't really acknowledging it when I was younger. And I had always been with dudes, but I never felt um, safe for some reason. I had some sexual assault things happen to me when I was really young. And um, I think I'd never really felt safe again. Not that all men are the same, but there was always something that was like, I'm, I don't know, I'm not safe. Mm-hmm. And I'm always going to like cower to this gender role, I guess, for lack of better words. But I um, I met Vicky on Orange on the last episode of season six. And at first I was like, whoa, like what is that girl? Like what is that person? She was like electric and crazy in a way that scared me. Mm-hmm. But then... Was it like the siren that stopped for a second? Yeah. Just right like now? Big call. <laughs> <laughs> That's Is that what was going on in your head? Mm-hmm. So when I met her, she was like electric and weird and crazy, and like it scared me because I I have a lot of anxiety, and I have even more anxiety when I'm on set. Um, so I'm always like, "Be quiet! Like, shut up! Like, just you know." I was nervous that. Because she did, she wasn't. This is her first time on a set, really, and so. But she made me be more myself. The more that we hung out, like in the span of hours, um, wow. and then you know she mentioned music, and I was like, I do music, and then we kind of started singing together like that day, and then. She asked me to sing with her on a show that was like that following Wednesday, and, then after that show, I was like I have to be around her every day. What is that? And, you know, so then we were pretty much, we never left each other's side from that point. And she had been here from Seattle. That's where she lived at the time. And after the show was over, her Airbnb was up. And I was like, well, you can stay with me until you find another place or if you want to go home. And then she didn't ever leave, um, which I didn't want her to. And um, so we were together for about three, three, four, five months before I was like, this relationship is really significant and this is when I need to tell my family. Mm-hmm. And it was, I was in therapy the time at the time and it was all just so stuck in my throat of like, I'm so close with my parents and my brother and I'm being stilted and stuck in my throat, not telling them what's going on. Even just telling them that I was in a new relationship, I felt like that should be something that I should tell them. And so I don't even, I called my brother on my birthday, which was in June of, not this year, but last year. And he was like, happy birthday. And I was like, yeah, I need to tell you something. And he was like, okay. And I was like, but I, I can't. And he was like, all right, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm here for you. You can tell me. And then I didn't. And then I called my parents probably a month later and 
I was on speakerphone. I had walked down to the park near our house, and I wasn't planning it. I was like, I'm just going to go call my parents. And um, my dad picked up the phone, and I was on speakerphone. My mom was not, you know, at the receiver. She was kind of in the background. And I said, you know, I just want to let you guys know that I'm in a new relationship, and it's with Vicky. And they had already met her. Like, I, mm. I brazenly brought her home in March mm-hmm. and was like, this is my friend. We do music together. And they loved her immediately, which that was kind of my plan. I was like, I need them to understand who this person is and love her so that when I do have the, the courage to tell them, they're going to know who it is and they're going to love her as a person. And my mom um, didn't speak the whole time. She, my dad just kind of was like, well, you know, we kind of figured that. Because at this time, I think there had been like an article online about us. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) Um, And so I, my dad was like, we figured. And I just, you know, you know that we love you no matter what. And my mom was just crying in the background and wouldn't get on the phone. And, you know, we talked for probably 20 minutes and then I said you know mom I know you can hear me so if you want to text me or call me or you can email me I totally understand like I get that this is weird and hard and new you know being in my mid to early late mid 30s (laughs) I get that it's like a whole flip of her picture of me and picture of my future and so she emailed me 10 days later and it was rough. It was everything I expected to be. Um, You know, just I had no idea and I don't know who you are. I feel like I don't know you and and you know, what am I supposed to tell family and also in there was like, you know, I'm scared for you now. Mm -hmm. Like I know the world that we live in and I'm scared for you. And and I took time and I wrote her back and you know, I just said, <laughs> you know, you found pictures of me making out with my friend, Dawn, in ninth grade. Oh, and Dawn. you just laid them out on the bed and never talked to me about it. Mm. So, like, if this is coming as a shock to you, I understand that. But there were many times in my life that you chose not to talk to me about things that were important because you were scared. Because that's not the way you were raised, you know? Um she wasn't raised talking about anything. It's mm-hmm. just a thing. It's just like a Southern, like, we don't talk about that because, you know, people have, they hug and then they are pregnant, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, it was very, um, so I don't, I have no, I have complete understanding of why her reaction was. And my dad, too, you know, like, I think he was more like, he's more pragmatic and he's like, well, you know, we're a family and, like, as long as you can come home and hang out with us, we're good. But it was really hard for my mom, I think. And um, the transition from then until now, which it's been a year, has been huge. I couldn't expect Mm -hmm. much more from, you know, their background and what she envisioned for my life, which we never really talked about the fact that like no matter what who I am like I've never thought like I'm gonna grow up and get married and have kids ever that was never my picture of my future and I think 
as a mother with your same gender child, Mm -hmm. you have this, like, I'm going to live through your life a little bit thing. Yeah. And um, I think it was just, you know, the crash of my future in her brain Mm. that was never there anyways, you know? Yeah. Um, But she has come, they have both come so far and... Um, I'm really grateful. And my brother was like, all right, cool. <laughs> he, I mean, not that he doesn't care, but he's like, you know, he's got his own shit and he's not, the, he's, you know, of my generation. So it's not as crazy to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been weird and hard and taking steps at a time, every time we visit with them or see them personally, I feel like it grows. The the understanding of it and the acceptance and the love for Vicky. And, you know, I just, I feel, I guess, I, w- I fall in love with people. Mm-hmm. And I don't really care what's in between your legs or on your chest or, you know, I just is... You fall in love with the soul of a person, and I don't really care what your parts are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I went to college and studied psychology, studied, I had a class called Gender and Racial Attitudes, where I learned about different cultures that have like six, seven, eight, nine genders and mm-hmm. identities. And it, it's yeah. just like we're stuck in rigid roles. And, I love that it's not like that all over, all over the world, but that's yeah. a concept above, you know, anything my parents have ever heard of. But I've tried to talk to them, like, you know, when you're in college and you're like, I went to class and I studied this and you're a racist, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You don't understand the world. But I, I, get, I also have understanding and compassion for people that never left their, their bubble, mm-hmm. you know? I get it, but I... I think I said recently, you know, get on board or you won't, we won't be close. We won't have the same relationship and you won't see me as often because I don't want to go anywhere where I feel unaccepted, uh, you know, in any tiny little ounce of it. I don't want to feel that in my heart at all. So I know that I'm accepted and I'm loved, but it's, I guess I'm just like, what's the big fucking deal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why does it matter to any anyone what I am or what I do or who I love? Because it literally doesn't affect you at all. And get over it, mm-hmm. kind of. like. And I, I hear the excuse sometimes from many people. It's like, oh, it's a generational thing or it's regionalism. It's like, well, that's kind of saying I refuse to grow and learn. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's kind of saying I'm, I'm a, I won't evolve, and that makes me sad for people because it's like which side of history do you want to be on? Mm-hmm. Kind of. That's interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I consider my parents to be, well, when my dad was still around too, to be very. Um, modern you know like in their way of thinking and in the way my dad's humor was um I mean I'd have friends that would just be like wow your dad is fun and funny and you know they'd want to be around him so you know I see him just you know just kind of being this guy that's like the 
he looks cool. He he's he's the young he's the old acting young fun dad. Mm-hmm. But for them it it was purely religion. Um mm-hmm. it was the Bible. Yeah. And um you know as much as my parents were progressing, you know, in every other facet in their life, that was the thing for them. So for me, I guess I was able to go through a little bit more of understanding where they were coming from because I was raised that way in the that religion and I really believed it. That's all I knew until I took time to separate myself from that religion which was a whole growth period of its own for me it was if i really like put my brain activity back to that time cuz it's easy to forget cuz it's so long ago um i went through a whole period of 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 being okay with it myself because of my religion and making my relationship with god you know separate from this, you know, organized religion that I was raised in and that had nothing to do with my parents. Like I had to go through that kind of privately on my own without talking to them about it because I didn't want to encourage their um their uh their opinion, you know, their uh their steadfastness. Is that the word? They're like you know, they, they, this is what they believed, and you weren't going to argue with them at all when yeah. it came to the Bible. But um, going through that process on my own allowed there to not be really any arguments when I would be around my family or anyone that was still involved in the religion. I respected what they believed, and I respected that they still wanted me around because they loved me. And I could either get angry for not being accepted the way I would have liked to be accepted, but... I realized I'm going to have to get them to go through what I just put myself through trying to believe that it's okay for me to be gay, which is going to take a good amount of time because it took me a good amount of time. And then I'm going to have to get them to go through, you know, you know, debating the Bible, Mm -hmm. this thing that is the way my dad raised us on. And, you know, it was interesting by just kind of staying quiet and appreciating their love and however, which way they wanted to be in my life. You know, right before he dies, he just said, he lets me know, like, I kind of kept you guys in this just to keep my family, you know, um, uh, in good, you know, kind of a strict family, like, without having to be like, well, you can't go out at this time because I said so. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because the Bible, like, this is this and this is how I keep you, you know, this is what the rules are, whatever. And cool. Okay, yeah. We don't want to upset Dad and Jehovah. <laughs> so yeah. it's like I also think your family, like talked so much more than mine did about you know religion brings you to talk about real shit even if you don't you're talking about like emotions and right and wrong and and all that stuff and I just we just didn't talk about important shit ever and I was the person in my family that was like let's talk about important shit Mm -hmm. like what is sex what is that and it was all like no, like just addressed with fear and anxiety and inappropriateness, and and you weren't going to church three times a week. No, I mean, bi- like, yeah, just read this. This will tell you why. It's like your guys. I was, was like on my own a lot. Like yeah. it was school. Then once I started gymnastics, it was you know four hours at the gym every day after school five hours on Saturdays like I was and that's an individual sport too so I kind of was just this 
person trapped in my head with all these thoughts and questions. And, you know, I didn't get to, we were close, but like not, it was uncomfortable to talk about anything uncomfortable. (laughs) And it wasn't uncomfortable to Mm -hmm. me. I always wanted to be like, you know. Yeah. So I'm thinking about um, how you were saying that you wanted your family to like Vicky as a person first and like get that's I so with my ex I I'm we met because she moved into my apartment as a roommate and Mm -hmm. so and I had just had top surgery like a week or two before and so her parents were moving her in and so I was like getting to know them in this context that was just as my roommate's parents. And you guys were just, you were friends and that's how you were roommates? We or didn't she know. was like random Random, ran, uh, it was basically, yeah. It was Facebook, okay. Facebook like housing okay. something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a similar thing of um, like that electricity of like, whoa, this is like mm-hmm. something's happening right now. Uh, but she also at that time was I identified as straight. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I remember saying like, I so I was like walking her through the process of like what it would mean to come out and, you know, what it's going to feel like and, you know, all <laughs> these things like, you know, Sherpa. And um, <laughs> but I had in the back of my mind, like her parents already like me. And so right. like that's one thing that I can like not worry about. And I was so wrong. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> very, very wrong. Um, and I th- I think it. In, so she came out to her parents and it was really really challenging because they weren't the most accepting people and um and her one of her siblings was just not nice about it and made her cry and like really it was just really hard um and then when when my ex i haven't said her name yet have i okay i don't don't plan to um like said it was me who she was dating it was like her parents like it just be, I'm a genderqueer person and so my pronouns are they them and so it's like in my mind and I don't think I'm projecting this it's like it's not as like clear cut or straightforward as like two women in a relationship mm-hmm. and it's something it's like this new territory that people um it's getting talked about talked about more and more but it's still like a newish thing that's come to attention of course we've been around as you said you learned in your class like gen- different genders have been around forever mm-hmm. um we're just now having language and Mm-hmm. the awareness anyways um so it really wasn't I was so hoping that it would be like oh yeah we we know dubs like they're cool and yeah. it was like this is and uh, you know they said similar things of your life is going to be so much harder and you know and my, you know my parents said the same thing too of and it's like well it's so much harder being living a life that's not authentic yeah than it is to like yeah and that's life just, is hard right so like I'd rather have a hard life and go through it with someone I adore and want to be with than live a stifled, fake existence forcing myself into something. Like, how do you weigh bad? Right. You know, like, Mm -hmm. if it's, you know. Cancer. Yeah. That's how you weigh bad. (laughs) Right, right. The thing is, though, I mean, that's what causes cancer. And so... One of the things. For my dad to be... One of the things for my... this And this was, for me, like... Uh, aha moment mm-hmm. is here's my dad dying for, from liver cancer. Um, his father died from liver cancer as well. Um, my dad never drank. 
never. Uh, my grandpa, barely, once in a while, a tequila here and there. Me, love it, love to drink. Um, they both, and you know, when you go down their history, nobody talks about their feelings. Nobody talks about anything personal. Nobody, they just don't go there. And I mean, growing up, my dad would go through these um, uh, little fits of just not talking to his own family because he had depression. Um, he wouldn't talk to any of us for, you know, a good, sometimes two months. And my mom would say, don't talk, you know, don't make dad mad. He's in a mood. And it's like, oh, that's all I want to do is talk to my parents. And that's like, to me, that was making me suffer. And yeah. and knowing that like my dad stopped a job when I was six years old because I was growing up and he wanted to be around while I was growing up. Cool. Maybe talk to me. And so you know, during the, realizing that about them both dying from cancer um, and then doing a couple mushroom trips, my aha moment was like, hey, how about just say everything I want to say, be honest, and let's see how your immune system, you know, works out. I've, so far, I'm so surprised I'm still alive because my immune system has been badass because I've really just always wanted to say what I felt. And I notice I get sick and I actually puke and purge if I'm holding something in just to kind of be an asshole, mm -hmm. you know, for an ego trip, whatever, like my body physically reacts to it. So to me, it's like, you know, what do you want? Do you want to yeah. have that tumor grow or do you just want to, you know, make your mom cry for a minute and then yeah, and hang then, up the phone you know, you don't have to hear it. <laughs> yeah, and then you you're also allowing... And allowing and forcing, which I've tended to do a lot in my life, of like, I'm going to force you to grow. I, you're going to listen, and you can ignore me or tell me I'm stupid, but I'll leave, and there'll be a little spark in your brain where you, the little, like when the Grinch's heart grows just a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm planted, I've planted seeds my whole life with my family of like, get, like, this is, you're you guys aren't you're stuck and you don't have to be and you know I I get my anxiety from them because they worry too much and and I fight it every day to not worry about everything um because it does make it makes me sick and living being honest and being myself and living my truth is the only time that I feel light on okay. my feet. I feel like I get to um, kind of experience some stuff through your parents because it's just happening now, like in this last year or two, mm -hmm. um, because I forget a lot of the process that I went through at a young age. And I was angry at, at that time because I was so young. I didn't know. I thought your parents are supposed to stick up for you no matter what. Yeah. That's your rock. And... I realized, oh, no, my, my mom's number one, my parents' number one person thing is God, is Jehovah. So nothing, not even their own children come in between Jehovah and their, you know, their relationship. So I was like, cool, my relation, number one relationship is going to be with me then. That's your choice is going to be me, so I'm not going to let you affect that. And I've noticed with her family, um, they, you can continue the cycle and stay upset, but any time you throw out like hey you know what you're actually doing a good job or actually I understand why you think that way and 
kind of giving like a tiny bit of like encouragement. Like mm-hmm. I over Thanksgiving, I told your mom or Christmas that I wanted to thank her for how sweet and wonderful she's been to me, knowing that this is just like a huge blow in her world. You know, I just wanted to thank her for being so kind. And I she started to cry. And you can just see the shift of, you know, as you're a kid, it's like, hey, good job. You did a good job on your, on your violin song. Keep practicing. You'll keep practicing if somebody told you you did good. Yeah. But if you stay mad, then it's like, cool, then let's just separate now. Let's just put that. And I'm noticing with them, like, you're, you're letting them know how you feel with a good little ounce of, of you're doing it the best you can. I mean, you get... But I am... I'm, <clears throat> I am... I am angry, oh. but I'm. I can. I. I think I do a good job of being understanding and compassionate and angry at the same time, because I'm not angry. I'm. I'm. I get. I. I feel angry when anybody is stubborn. Yeah. About something. Yeah, that's true. Because. I think my whole life has been a search for knowledge about everything. I am constantly putting information in my brain every single day as much as I can and trying to learn. So when I come across people, like, if you can say something for certain, then you're not you're wrong. Like, because nobody knows what anything is for sure, like, at all. So when people are so steadfast in their beliefs or their their point of view or politics, religion, whatever it is... I'm like, well, who gave you the golden ticket to for sure knowledge on anything? Because I'm always open to people challenging what I think is true and letting that change my belief into a new system of beliefs. And when people aren't like that, it does make me makes me angry because I think I'm sad for them. Yeah. I'm sad that they are stuck in rigidity of a belief or a an opinion. I Can know. I share that little soup story real quick? Which soup story? The so just like a, a an example of like the way your parents are dealing with it. Like, so her dad, um, he loves to like see how people do things, and he likes to you know give What's his two cents story? of of well, oh. why don't you do it this way? Why don't you do it this? You know, but he'll <laughs> observe for a minute. Mm-hmm. So I have this cup of soup, and I have these really great crostinis. And I would dip them just for like two seconds and then take a bite. And he's like, well, why don't you just crumble them up and and just let them all sit there so they soak it all up? And I just was like, as he said that, as I'm telling him like why I don't do that, he goes like this and just knocks his whole beer (laughs) off. And he's like, oh, dang it, just let Vicky just eat her soup the damn way she pleases. God damn. He's like, I know, God Oh, yeah, he was bitching at himself. Yeah, he's yelling Mm. at himself like, damn, just let Vicky just... Eat soup the way she wants. And I was like, I just like it to have a little bit of a, you know, crust, like a crunch, crisp, a crunch yeah. and yeah. a little bit of soup. And he was like, well, that's just fine, darling. That's just fine. You're right. <laughs> and he just, and then at, later on, him and I were talking. He's like, well, that's just what I get. I just butt in and I try to tell people how to do, live their lives, whatever. It's like, I just need a butt out. I just need a butt out. She's <laughs> like, no, but that's sweet. Like, at least I'm watching you learn. And I do you know? think, I don't think that they aren't pliable. Mm-hmm. In their, but they're res- they're resistant, because if they weren't pliable, then they wouldn't be where they are now, compared to a year ago. Right. And I do appreciate and love them and respect them, and I'm so grateful for their 
their progress. Um, I really couldn't ask for, for much more. I, it could be so much worse. Yeah. But when it comes to the people you love the most, you just kind of want to shake the shit out of them <laughs> and say, like, crack the egg now, of your brain and grow. Start the process now because yeah. you don't have as much time yeah, yeah. left. Yeah. 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 For sure. I I totally hear the piece you were talking about. The You both were talking about like the encouragement and the validation of the work that people are doing and, mm-hmm. um, and just that acknowledgement. I, for my day job, I work with Jewish organizations on LGBTQ inclusion. So a mm-hmm. lot of what I do is educating and being in rooms with folks who um, think they're doing a good job and want to be doing a good job, but then... Um, especially when it comes to pronouns and, you know, mm-hmm. um, certain other, this is religion, also religion that p- plays a part into the way that they're thinking. And one of the tools that I've found to be the most powerful in breaking through with folks is validating and acknowledging that it is hard, like learning all of these new words and learning how to rethink about how, you know, cause we've all been socialized to think a certain way and, you know, our parents or whoever they are, they do have these like set journeys for us in their minds. And when it when we don't do what they want what they want us to do, that's hard, like that is challenging. And like it's not fair for us to have to be the ones to kind of like massage that. But at mm-hmm. the same time, um, that to me, that's just like part of part of that learning is like is is that validation of. I get it. It's hard. Like I even misgender myself sometimes. Like mm-hmm. I don't know how that happens, but it does. And um, you know, like, and we're all in this together. And it seems like, and I, I do feel like just having, just being able to give that of like just, I keep repeating myself now, but just that that acknowledgement or that validation yeah. is just so incredible, because then I think when what happens is people get defensive and they're like, well, I'm you know. Doing the best I'm I can. doing the best. I, yeah. And this is so hard. And it's like, yeah, it is. This yeah. is hard. And the only way that things are going to get better is if we're all trying. Yeah. Um, that's all we can ask. And I, mean, I think I need to do more on my in, on my part to instead of distancing myself and assuming that they're thinking the way that they're thinking, mm-hmm. I need to have more open conversations with them about it. I think once you have that initial conversation though and it feels bad mm-hmm. it's hard to go back in absolutely and talk about it more yeah um i think i think what's really cool because after i mean you meet emily's parents you, everybody wants them to be their parents i mean they're just the sweetest wonderful they make you feel so great all of her friends like they they were just in town. They just left two days ago, and um, everybody was just like, "So what are you guys gonna do? What are you gonna, you know?" And this is to hang out with parents. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm realizing like they're 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 such warm, wonderful people that um, I don't want them to waste any time, you know, like feeling shitty about themselves, like um, or feeling like there's something like stuck in the doing air, doing something wrong. Yeah. And I feel. Um, like conversations about, um, hey, we want to get a dog. Hey, we want to do this next Thanksgiving. Oh, we should all go do a snow trip next. You know, 
I don't want to talk about like, are you guys going to have kids? Even though I've talked about that with your sister-in-law because she brought it up. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to let them bring up those conversations, you know, and if I want to, I will. I really don't need to. But um, at this point, it's like, let's start with the little stuff. Hey, we should all go do a snow trip. We should, you know, let them initiate things like, or what are y'all going to do for um, Christmas this year? You're going to, you know, it's like, let's, then they know we're together. We're a unit. This is us. Yeah. This is both of us. Um, I, and, and again, like, you're absolutely right. Like, I, I don't know why, but at Christmas, I just wanted to tell her mom, you're doing so great. I could tell, I could feel that she did not want me to feel anything weird. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I don't want to make out with Emily in front of anybody. I'm just not a person that does that. I'm prude when it comes to that. Yeah, because when I see other people doing it, I'm like, God, chill out, guys. But I want her mom to know. I'm eating. That, I'm eating like, soup. <laughs> hey, I don't make out with your girlfriend because I, I mean, with your daughter in front of people because I just don't do that in front of my own family. Like, I tell her things like that. I, you know, so where she's like, oh, okay. And I've, I've told her already, like, don't worry. Emily's not going to cut her hair like mine just because she's, you know. That take, was in the email. That mm. Please don't cut your hair. Yeah. Please don't change your look. Please don't cut your hair. I yeah. feel like this has been a running theme for the last couple of days of when, when folks share with their parents, a reaction is, um, as long as you're like Will, not Jack, or as long as you stay beautiful, mm-hmm. or, you know, all of these, where it's like... interesting. Yeah. So like Will, interesting. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you know, and it, the intention is, I, what I believe is just... Don't sit. put a sign on your head. Yeah, and I th- <laughs> right, know, and when it's it comes like, to like the fear of yeah life being harder for you. Right, right, and it's not meant to cut people down. But I remember, like when my parents said also like similar things to me, mm-hmm. and I was like, but I knew like in my heart that like I wanted to cut my hair. I wanted to like be those quote unquote stereotypes that you're telling me don't be this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so. Even though that wasn't their intention, they didn't know. But, like, that also was really challenging. Because what if at one point you do want to cut your hair short? And then it's like... Yeah, because it takes me an hour and a half to get ready. It takes her, like, 20 minutes. Like, that would be the reason I cut my hair. (laughs) You know, like... I kind of still take a long time. My mom, (laughs) on purpose, I mean, she... The first thing she says to me when she sees me, like, oh, you cut it real short this time. Mm Because I like to do my sides a lot shorter than they are now. Well, she retired this year, so on purpose I was letting my hair grow a little longer so that when I went to surprise her for retirement that, you know, I'd be like, hey, look at my hair. And she likes it, but then immediately the second time we see her, she's like, oh, you should dye your hair blonde again. You, you know, she goes back to what she, le- what she didn't like at first. Mm-hmm. Now she's like, oh, yeah, that did I look good on you. I think it's a parents like, thing. It, like, <laughs> it, it, like, they just... I don't know what it is. I guess you don't know until you're a parent. Like, I I want you to be the thing that I want you to be, mm-hmm. because I made you and I had a, I when I I was pregnant with you. I had a plan, I had a picture, yeah. And you're not fitting into the picture, but I still love you. But don't cut your hair. Well, what, it's interesting <laughs> about what you said about the Will and Jack thing. It's like yeah. I have a gay brother who is three years older than me, and um, he was. I mean, no one could tell he was gay um you know when when I when we were both younger like it was like Vicky's the obvious gay one and Roman like well whatever um he now 
definitely is who he is and it's wonderful and beautiful, but I don't want to share his coming out because that's for him. But it was definitely a lot more tragic because of him not, you know, coming out. You know, he got really sick. Things happened and, um, uh, you know, my parents think they're going to lose their son and that's when they find out he's gay, you mm-hmm. know. It, and uh, like I said, I would, I, I want that's his own story. But the funny thing that he used to tell me, like the day that I came out to my parents, like right before I got sent away, the first thing he says is like, you're stupid. Now mom and dad aren't going to help you with money. You're dumb. Why'd you do that? <laughs> and like, then he goes off, he goes to college and then, yeah, shit hits the fan for him. But I'm glad they didn't help me. I didn't want to go to college. I did music and now I'm born orange is the new black and I got to meet you. Booyah. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> it's, but, yeah, it's, I mean, I don't know. Life is weird and hard and I think that the journey I've had with my family is I'm very lucky and I'm very grateful for who they are and who because if it weren't for them and who they are I wouldn't be strong enough to be who I am Mm -hmm. I am the way I am because of them so anything that's good or bad about me comes from them so I'll take it all Mm -hmm. and I'm so lucky and I'm yeah and you're gay gay (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I'm just I think my family's also I hope they don't listen to this (laughs) I think they're a little scared of me and always have been at least at least my parents, because I've always been like, well, fuck you, mom. Like, I, when I was in high school, I was like, I hate you, slam the door. You know, I was an intimidating, strong, loud, in-your-face person. And so I think that has also added to their acceptance moving along much quicker, because <laughs> they're like, well, we don't want Emily to be mad at us, so we better <laughs> get on board, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but... I'm just I'm grateful that they have opened their and there was never an instant when they were shitty to Vicky or made her feel weird. Not never, no, not once. And if there would have been, I would have been like, pack it up, we're leaving. Yeah. I wouldn't have tolerated that for a second. Um Well I didn't I didn't tell you what your mom said to oh, me. Oh shit. Like the the <laughs> right before they left, um I went I kind of stood behind your mom. She's like I just want you to know that if I've done anything or if I've ever made you feel any way, this or this or that, I'm so sorry. She started to cry. And then she said, I really just want you to know you're one of the best people I've ever met. You know, I don't care if you're with Emily or not. You're one of the best people I've ever met in my life. And I was like, okay, what did she think she did that? Well, because I had to talk. But that was nice. When you guys went down to check out the stage, you and my dad had like a talk with her. About what? She Not about. Anything. She didn't do anything. Somebody else did. Your dad? My dad kind of pissed me off. Yeah, but she didn't do anything to me. No, I know, but she was. I was telling her that, and I think she was going back through her memory and going, "Oh my God, have I ever done that? I'm sorry if I did." Like, and then she felt the need to tell you, like, oh. I don't know if I've ever done anything like what just pissed Emily off, but if I did, I'm sorry. Oh. Anyways, she's nicer than my own <laughs> dang mom is to me, so that's what I 
I mean, that's all I care about. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes chosen family is much more impactful than family of origin. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've, I've had friends in my past who've had, you know, extremely abusive parents and stuff like that. And I always say to them, like, yes, you're related to them, but they're also just other human beings walking down the street. Like, they're also just humans that have the capability to be good or bad or, e- like, truly evil. You just happen to be biologically related to them, and that sucks that you are. But, like, I always think this is such a weird random thought, but I always watch people walking down the street, and I think, that was somebody's little baby. I think that all the time. That was somebody's little baby <laughs> yeah. that they loved, and they, like, and now they're, like, Homeless. I think that about homeless people a lot because I feel I hate it. I think that was somebody's little baby that they cared for. Is that why you let me live with you? Yeah. Because <laughs> I was going to be <laughs> I, Whenever like, someone pisses me off on the subway or something, I imagine them what they look like as toddlers. And I'm like, you're yeah. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you're a little, you're just, we're tall kids. <laughs> right. We are really tall kids. Yeah. How has, how, um, because you've kind of been in the spotlight for a while mm-hmm. now, and you as well. But I think based on research, maybe you a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Because of music. Yeah. yeah. Um, were you always out in your career? Yes. And ha- did that ever affect things positively or negatively? I mean, um, for the shows that I was on positively, because they always want to have a show. I mean, a story. They always want to have a story. And so um, that's kind of why I hadn't remembered my um, origin of coming out because mm. it had been a while since I'd had to do the sob story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, they love, ta- they love sharing that one. Um, uh, and I think for me, um, like I had said earlier, like being in the industry musically was going to be hard anyways, mm-hmm. just from the male-female thing, that... I just, I wanted people just to like me for me and like my music. And then it was, I mean, I would talk about being gay on stage. Not like, hey, gay, gay, gay. But I would like, this song is about my girl, my ex. She did this, you know, I didn't Mm -hmm. change my she's to he's. I remember when I was younger, I would say they Mm -hmm. or them instead of her, you know, like, any song that seemed like a relationship, there was never a he in it at all. Um, But, I mean, it was very obvious that I was gay. Yeah. I mean, my merch people were always whoever I was dating at the time to just Mm. come sell my CDs because also they didn't want me to, like, flirt with anybody, so they had to be at the show. <laughs> like, well, you better work then. I took it a step <laughs> further, and now I sing with you. <laughs> um, speaking of which, I've been listening to your y'all's music, and I love it so much. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Is, is um, Sunday Afternoon bio- biographical? Autobiographical? We met on a Monday. <laughs> okay. Um, why did we write that song? Because I like Sunday afternoon as a song. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I just say weird things like, it, we met on Sunday, it could have been Monday, but it was Sunday. After, and then I just, I don't know, I just went with it. 
Yeah, I think the verses are definitely autobiographical, but it's, as far as the day of the week, no. Like, I want to make a song like, <laughs> when, I, when I saw you in June, and then June, September. Like, what does that mean? I don't know, but I like it, and yeah. somehow it's going to be a song. Yeah. <laughs> we met. We met on a Monday, <laughs> and then that... Not that next Wednesday, but the following Wednesday is when we perform together mm-hmm. for the first time. Yeah. 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 Who flirted with who first? Me. Mm-hmm. She did, yeah. We played that show. It was at Rockwood mm-hmm. on the downstairs, stage three. And then we went upstairs to the bar, and they have the, you can walk through the bar to another one of the uh, stages. And we walked in there just to check out what the other band was. And it was just us in there, and she was standing next to me, and I just, like, put my arm around her, and then I started just, like, rubbing her hair. I still didn't think that that was that, though. I didn't I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, she's <laughs> my not hand. Really, she likes to make out with girls. Maybe she'll make out. Who knows? Yeah, but just I think after singing with her and seeing her perform and – and just I had been around her that week and the week before I was like I just have to be around this person all the time that's what I just kept thinking like we and we weren't trying to I I was really not trying to pick up on you and you were trying not we weren't trying to I wasn't even in that mindset yeah we were both dating other people at the time mm -hmm. but even when that person I was dating I wasn't like even wanting relationships to be in my way yeah for the first time sorry no, that was great. That was a great one, but I mean. Yeah, it was it was really unexpected and um good, a different way than I'd ever felt about anybody. Mm-hmm. Because I'd always been so afraid if I was w- dating someone to like break it off, but I was like I don't care. And I was really honest about it too with the person that I was dating. I was like, you know, I don't know if we're um What's the word? Monogamous or whatever, but like if there was somebody that I was interested in, it would be Vicky. And then it kind of just dissolved after that, as you would, as it would. And then, yeah, she moved in. Yeah, that's like super lesbian U-Haul. I yeah. just want to name that right now. It really is, and yeah, and I mean, I think Kudos. I, I think New York is a very U-Haul-y place because mm-hmm. you're like, you're, what's your rent? <laughs> right. Because I can't do this alone. So um, so I think the city is more prone to that happening, but more so with, with this situation than I had ever been in before. But I've always been quick to... I don't like to waste time move either. Move in. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've never... I've only dated one woman that was a lesbian. And... Um, we were engaged and you know i found out that she had been having an affair with the guy for 10 years not with while we were together i still always say that not while we were together like emily had said like i've never even thought of of um i mean i definitely am more attracted to women but i um think of people as people you know i've been attracted to men um but i want to be with the woman and if they're not gay that is okay to me they're still a woman and when I meet them I just gonna be me and if we get along then we get along and I think that 
that's, I mean, I mean, you're giving me an aha moment because maybe I am a they. Hmm. I've never thought, even with, like, in in my career, in my life, I've never thought of myself as less than a man or more than a woman. No, like, <laughs> I, I've just, I've never thought of myself as better than a man or less than a man, better than a woman or less than a woman. I've just been me, I guess. And... I don't know. Maybe you need to look into that. I think I'm, I might be a they. Read some I used to say, <laughs> I used to, for the women I was with that were having problems with, you know, coming out with their family, whatever, I just, like, well, I'm not really like a girl. I'm like big, I'm like a monkey. I'm like, it's like, no, you're not a monkey. You're not, a, like, you're that's a how Vicky. I look at myself. Like, no, I am just a human. Yeah. I'm a they. I'm you, and I'm me. Yeah, and I'm done. Just kidding. <laughs> I can I can feel I'm this done. right now. I this is cool. I, you know, I think because I I was talking about this <clears throat> on the last episode of how important language is, and like if you don't know something exists, it's hard to know to know because you don't know that that's a thing yeah. and so until until you have that aha moment or that ring of keys moment which we'll get to in a minute um which sounds like you might have just had one um <laughs> i won't wear a dress i had to when i was a kid for yeah. church but i won't wear one so i mean come on yeah i mean i think it can manifest in lots of different ways like an expression or the way that you feel on the inside um but it you know i'm i'm 34 and I didn't know that genderqueer and non-binary existed until yeah. I was 29. And that's kind of when my whole world opened up because I learned that that existed. And it's like I never felt like a man and I never felt like a woman. And I just didn't have the language to describe what I was feeling. Um, and then I, upon research and like talking with other people, um, really started to, to understand that that's like who I am at my core and who I've always been. I just do you feel like you have feminine qualities and masculine qualities? That's a great question. I don't think so. I, I definitely think I lean more towards like what stereotypically we think of as masculine. Okay. But um, every once in a while, I do get a like feminine thing yeah. like that happens. But when it comes to like my expression, it's usually pretty masculine. Um, I painted my nails for the first time um, in like forever this summer at a weekend retreat with a bunch of LGBTQ teens. And it felt odd. like I was I was expecting it to feel really bad. And then I did it and I was like, I kind of like this. And so it's just like then now like trying to like re-experiment with, yeah. with what makes sense for who I am. But I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah, but I don't. Also like what is like a woman who's like, a total woman, what does it feel like to be that? Mm. You know, or to a man that's like a man, like what yeah. does it feel like that in their mind? Because I, I don't feel yeah. like either. Yeah. It's com it's it's complicated because we're because all of these words and these identities are are all based on societal norms and what we have been socialized and conditioned to think of this is what a man is and this is what a woman right. is and then if you don't fall into those categories then what right yeah. and there are folks who are cisgender people who uh, identify with what they were assigned at birth who 
who also use the word gender nonconforming um, because the way that they present isn't what we assume is stereo like is the stereotypical way that like a woman would dress mm -hmm. right um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they identify as a different gender it's just that's how they're expressing themselves yeah. and I also think that I mean and gender is also on a spectrum right so you can be a cisgender woman or a trans woman and express yourself in a bunch of different ways um, and still be like I am 100% woman and then there are people, and right, and it, that manifests and looks different for each person. And so I think, at least for me as a trans person, as a gender queer person, knowing like at my in my core, in my root, like none of none of these things are me, and they don't they don't make sense for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that also, like, manifests when I think about um, like when I wanted and had top surgery, right? Because that was a part of me that felt so inauthentic and felt like um, I just needed that off. Like that felt like a perpetual dress that I could not take off. And that was like the Same worst. Here. Yeah. And, but then when I think about my vagina, I'm like, I don't care. You yeah. know, it's just like, it's there. And yeah. like, I, you know, I get dysphoria around my period. But like, so there are all these like different, things that are happening and it just makes up who I am. Like mm -hmm. I'm dubs, I'm a genderqueer person. And we're taught I, from you, such yeah. a, from birth to to choose. Right. You know, by like, okay, boys play with blue things, girls play with pink things and dolls and trucks. Mm -hmm. And like, if that never happened, where would we all identify? Because gender becomes so early on a part of our identity yeah. that but I don't think of my identity having anything to do with my gender until I feel discriminated or harassed as a woman. Then I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I forgot. That's mm -hmm. at play here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the patriarchy for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's complicated. And you said, you know, like when we're young, we, we like choose this. I would take it one step further. We had a guest to talk about being coerced. Mm -hmm. into these things and because I said I would always say like I was raised as a girl but I was never actually a girl mm -hmm. I've always been who I am and she said she's a trans woman Chloe um, was saying no we were coerced into these boxes that we weren't me ever meant to be in and like forced to be right you know and you know my room growing up was like pink floor you know pink carpet and pink walls and mm -hmm. um, and if your nephew wants to wear a dress like you're told like that's not what boys wear, right? Boys don't cry, right? Like yeah, and, which is you know, the worst like of the, all, yeah. I think. Um, you know, so it's it's hard. It's complicated. Yeah, it Heart. makes my brain hurt sometimes <laughs> trying yeah. to to wrap around it all. And if it hurts my brain, I can't imagine how it hurts someone like my parents' brain. You're trying to understand. <laughs> Not only this concept in relation to Vicky and I, but the whole world of it is like, I would be very overwhelmed too. Yeah. How are you feeling over there with your Me? new aha moment? Yeah. Um, I mean, good. I Like, it is stuff that it, it can make your brain go crazy, but I just kind of feel like it's part of this evolution. And mm -hmm. I get scared when we do see these things evolving and getting better and then 
some idiot just like puts a, you know, puts a big old hump or a bump in the in the road. But um, I feel like you said, the more we talk about it and the more we have words and um, like this, it's like I wouldn't, you know, we're being interviewed or doing this podcast, but mm-hmm. I don't know another conversation that this would be brought up to where I would be like, oh, yeah, I think I'm they. Yeah. Unless it's specifically about this, like it is now. Um, I think that the more we share and the more that we are positive about the challenges ahead and um, and some of the challenging things that maybe even our own parents might say, you know, the more that we can validate them on the things that they are working on and mm-hmm. little by little it'll you know it'll help but there will be those big hurdles that also come into play like I also think like coming here and doing this I've done a few interviews where I've talked about my my relationship with Vicky I've also done interviews where I've talked about my sexual assault and every time I'm doing them I'm like I hope my parents don't listen to this but then the second thought is What's more important, telling my story and possibly helping mm-hmm. someone who doesn't have the voice, doesn't have a microphone, doesn't have a platform to feel okay with who they are or what's happened to them, that's more important than making some of the people in my life shift in their seats uncomfortably. Mm-hmm. Way more important to me. Yeah. So although it is scary for me sometimes to be open and honest about things that I know make them uncomfortable, I get messages on on Instagram all the time that's like, I'm 15, I live in the Netherlands, and like, you have helped me come out to my parents and all this stuff. I'm like, I did? You know, like, that is something that gives me goosebumps and to know that like, it could be a little bit scary for me or uncomfortable, but it's way more helpful and, you know, providing... Because the worst feeling is feeling like you're alone in it. Yeah, absolutely. And when you have someone that you either look up to or admire or you like their music or what they do, saying like, yeah, I'm this, what of it? Mm -hmm. You can go, well, they're fine and they're successful and they're safe in the world and so I can be too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely. I think that's neat that you are getting messages where you're, you're able to see the impact yeah. from folks. Do you also, Vicky, get messages from folks? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, um, uh, I mean, it, yeah, the more that you keep talking about it, I, I, it makes me think about, you know, the people that affected me, like when Ellen came out, but I didn't have social media to be like, hey, thanks for that, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have that more often now, so that's great. Yeah. But. I'm reading Jane Lynch's book right now, which mm. is like very closely paralleled to my life, not in the time that she came out and stuff, but just her experience in comedy and her family and moving to New York and all this stuff. It's And it's making me go like, I wish I'd fucking read this book, you know, before she wrote it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's just another example of her putting her story out there and it, it helping someone like me who's even in the middle of it you know yeah I read that book it's a good book it's really I'm about I'm got like a quarter left of it it's very good nice 
Um, I really, uh, this, uh, this conversation has been so lovely. Um, I need to move us into our last segment, okay. which is our rapid fire section. Okay. I'm okay. just going to mm. ask questions. Um, you can both answer at the same time, um, but just try to answer as quickly as possible. Okay. Um, writing or reading? Writing. Reading. Acting or singing? Singing. singing. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Dogs. Beach or mountains? Beach. Beach. Biking or running? Running. Neither? Great. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Bagels or donuts? Bagels. Bags. Nice. Train or plane? Plane. Plane. Pants or shorts? Pants. Pants. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Uh, Pepsi. Okay. Oof. Night or day? Night. Night. Favorite dessert? A fresh baked chocolate chip cookie. Ooh. Oh. Banana cream pie. Nice. Yeah. I don't think we've gotten that one before. I love banana, banana cream pie. pie. Um, this has been so lovely. What, any any shows or things that uh, you want to plug, and what are your social media handles so we can follow you? We are going to be in Provincetown for Women's Week, playing at Leah Delaria's new club out cool. there called The Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be there all week from the 12th through the 20th. Um, of October. Of October. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm at Emily Tarver on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm at Vicky Martinez, V-I-C-C-I-M-A-R-T-I-N-E-Z. Do we have any other shows? Anything happening? Um, no, just working on um, getting an album done eventually. Yeah. We're going to record our songs in like a professional way that's not just like a live album or a yeah. YouTube video with our stuffed animals. I know. I, want, I had a question about the pillows. I'm like, yeah, that's Because I watched all the videos. That's she me. Loves that's stuffers. our house. I love them. Cool. Uh, thank you both so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure. And what's your show one more time? The The live version of it? Uh, Where is that at? Um, so we, thank you. Um, it is at the Magnet Theater in oh, okay. the pit. Um, they both ha- now happen on Thursday nights, usually the last two Thursdays of the month. Cool. Yeah. I just wanted nice. to know. If you ever want to play, let me know. Yeah. I, I saw you're an improviser. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to play. Great. I haven't improvised in a long time. You're in. Great. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming out. Hey, it's Dubs Weinblatt, your host of Thank You For Coming Out. Thank you so much for listening with an open heart and an open mind. Please subscribe to our podcast on the platform of your choice. And don't forget to rate and review us. It really helps.